0: Lamar Jackson will be hard-pressed to match his 2019 MVP season, but there's still a whole lot of fantasy goodness in Baltimore. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fantasy football in 15 here at the athletic i am your host michael beller we are continuing on with our state of the team series thank you for listening to all the episodes to this point if you have missed any these are evergreen episodes they're getting you ready for the fantasy football season so feel free to go back and check out the ones that we have recorded in today's episode we are discussing the baltimore ravens we bring on our ravens beat writer jeff zribik jeff thanks for joining us today My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, this is a really fun team. It was a fun team last year. We're expecting it to be a fun team this year, and it all starts at the quarterback position with the defending, the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. We know there are two huge parts to his game, and I want to start with the part of his game that is on the ground that brings so much value to the Ravens and, of course, to fantasy owners. Should we fear the team having any dialing back of Lamar's running game this year?
1: You know, I I think the goal would be for him to carry it less. Um, You know, they really want to open things up a little bit more in the passing game, attack different areas of the field. Um, So, I I mean, I I, I would say he may not run as much, but they're a run-first team. Um, They'll continue to be a run-first team. And when you get into the game and and you get, you know, things go live and, you know, instincts take over and all that, he's going to be carrying the ball. I mean, plus, I mean, with the whole read option stuff, uh, sometimes he has no choice. It's clear that it's the right decision to keep the ball. So uh, ultimately, I, I think the talk about how many hits he takes is a little overblown because, Half the time he just runs out of bounds or runs past people, uh, you know, and gets out of bounds. He did not take a whole lot of hits last year despite the number of carries. Um, but just overall, I, I think to become more versatile, uh, more dangerous as an offense, uh, they see areas in the passing game where they're going to need to do that. And, and maybe that comes at the expense a little bit uh, of Lamar Jackson's legs, but. Uh, You know, no doubt that's still going to be a focal point of the offense. That's what makes them so hard to defend and, and makes their offense special.
0: Yeah, can't be stated too many times just how dangerous he was on the ground last year. Twelve hundred six uh, yards, seven touchdowns on 176 carries. Just a remarkable season. And then, oh yeah, he also threw for 36 touchdowns, a little bit more than 3,000 yards. Let's talk about Lamar as a passer for a second. He had the 36 scores, a 9% touchdown rate, nearly eight yards per attempt at his Russell Wilson Type efficiency, especially when it comes to the touchdown rate. We know he's going to see different looks from from defenses, excuse me, this year, both defending him as a runner and a passer. How can he maintain something at least close to that efficiency? Asking him to double that efficiency is hard, but how can he stay
1: somewhat in that range this year? Yeah, you know what? I, I think, you know, and I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, you know, there just needs to, you know, they need to attack different parts of the field a little bit uh, more than they did last year. Um, so sometimes that means uh, you know a few more deep throws, and you know obviously that's not going to lead to increased efficiency. But you know sometimes it's outside the number throws, just different things. Um, last year, you know you, you knew they were going to throw a lot to the tight ends, and and uh, I think what'll help this year is you know having a little more speed on offense, having a little more uh, you know having more guys who can do more things. As I said, versatility. Um, you know, I, I think Marquise Brown, everyone's really excited about him. Uh, it cannot be understated that he was not healthy at all last year, did not practice much at all, uh, really wasn't prepared from a physicality standpoint. And yet he went out there and showed some flashes uh, where you said, wow, when he's healthy, when he gets to learn the offense better, when he, you, you, you know, when he's able to be at full strength. Uh, it could be pretty scary, and and, and I think you, you know you added two uh, slot receivers who can get open, and, and Duvernay and uh, Proche in the draft. You got Snead coming back. I think Boykin will be better. Uh, I think you know the receivers will help them. Uh, will help them with that. You, you know, I, I think there'll be more opportunities. Uh, for Jackson to get the ball out of his hand and get the ball into some of their playmakers' hands, and, and you know they really never had a, a a ton of, you know, like we never really saw like like quick screens and just quick hit stuff to Marquise Brown just to get the ball in his hands or even other other receivers on that team. It was we just didn't see that aspect of their offense. And I think that's a, as that evolves, we'll see more short stuff to get the ball in the playmaker's hands. Uh, but still, he, he may not, you know, they're going to do different things where they're going to open things up a little. So uh, that may uh, lead to a few more interceptions and maybe uh, not being as efficient, but it also could lead to more big plays. So, so I guess, you know, you kind of take the good with the bad there.
0: Let's follow up on Marquise Brown a little bit. You mentioned last year was really never healthy. Remarkable that he was able to play, In uh, 14 games, he he did miss a few with the injury and was at a little less than 100% uh, for a lot of those games that he was still out there gutting through it. Uh, Gave you 46 grabs, 584 yards seven touchdowns did that all on just 71 targets not a number that we're used to seeing for a leading receiver and of course we've got Mark Andrews in a second but still the number one receiver on this team even in a run first offense so knowing what the Ravens are going to want to do this all this season on the ground knowing that Mark Andrews is still there and the other names you mentioned that they added in the offseason can Marquise Brown be a 100 plus target guy this year
1: I think he can, you know, I think he can, and, you know, you're, you've heard a lot of hype about him in the offseason, um, that basically comes from him being healthy, but you, you also look at him, and he's changed his physique quite a bit, I don't want to be disrespectful to Marquise Brown, but, you know, there are times as reporters where, you know, you'd see him last year, and and again, this may come off as disrespectful. I'm I'm not being that way, but he almost looked like kind of a guy from a high school team who wandered over to to the field to play with the the Ravens, and uh, that's obviously before practice started. But he was very small, um, and you know he just didn't. You looked at him compared to a Miles Boykin, who's a big guy, and it was it's like night and day. But now you've seen him this offseason go to work on his body, and, and, and he's definitely added some physicality. He's a He loves to get after it, man, and he just couldn't do it last year because you know he had the screw in his foot. He was still recovering, um, and to see what he did last year at 60% um, at best, uh, probably the best-case scenario. he's never much more than 50% healthy. I think they're really excited. Not to mention, he spent a good part of the off season working out with Lamar Jackson and uh, throwing together. Um, you know, if he doesn't get that mark, it's just going to be because their offense, you know, remained very, very run heavy. Um, but I think they are extremely excited about him. Um, beyond Lamar Jackson, I think they believe he's the you know, the top playmaker they have on that side of the ball. And uh, he's a guy that they're really going to focus on getting more involved and, and trying to find more ways to get the ball in his hands.
0: Definitely going to be looking for some more shots down the field. Lamar to Marquise Brown could be a very dangerous connection, even more dangerous than it was last year with Marquise Brown dealing with those injuries. Most dangerous connection on this team last year was Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews. The tight end led the team in all relevant receiving stats, 64 catches, 98 targets, 852 yards, 10 touchdowns. Do we still think of him as the number one pass catcher on this team?
1: You know, until proven otherwise, I think so. Um, you know, I, I, he's just, you know, he has a really good rapport with Lamar Jackson. Um, and Andrews is another guy that, um, you know, he, he, he's a real, he's a big competitor. And he's always looking to get better. Um, and, you know, he sets high goals for himself. And uh, uh, I don't think we've seen the best of him. You know, I, I think before all is said and done. You know, uh, we're going to see him go to multiple Pro Bowls as long as he stays healthy and, and be considered one of the better, you know, pass-catching tight ends in the league. And, and you know, Hayden Hurst isn't there, isn't in Baltimore anymore. Uh, didn't have a huge role last year, but he, he did... him and Mark Andrews virtually played the same percentage of offensive snaps. Um, Obviously, you know, Boyle and Hurst were looked at as more the blocking tight ends than Andrews. So that led to Andrews being on the sideline maybe more. But, um, you know, he just has such a good rapport with Lamar Jackson. and, And I think the weapons on the outside... Uh, getting a few more, you know, getting a little more speed at wide receiver might even help him going forward and open some things up for him. Um, you know, so a- a- again, a- health is a big thing for him. I thought he wore down a little toward the end of the last year, wasn't at his best in that playoff game in Tennessee, um, or not in Tennessee, against mm-hmm. Tennessee, uh, you know, was trying to play through um, a high ankle sprain that kind of limited him and um, you know, if he stays healthy, I, I think he's definitely the guy that has to be considered their top target, you know, at least until we see it on a little more consistent basis for Marquise Brown. Right, one more
0: pass catcher who I want to talk about here before we move on to the running backs. It's Miles Boykin. The rookie year was a, kind of a bust, played in all 16 games, but didn't really move the needle in terms of bottom line statistical production. Uh, what are the plans to get him more involved in the offense this season?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that's going to be on uh, Miles. Um... You know, all training camp last year and the OTAs, uh, you know, he was one of the best players on the field, and I thought he was, you know, I thought he was in line to have a very good rookie year, um, and I'm not just saying, you know, you, you see a lot of these guys in July, uh, you know, in August who are, who are making plays and practices, um, but it's hard to take them, you know, it's hard to take them seriously until you see in the games, but With Boykin, I mean, he was doing it against Marlon Humphrey and and Jimmy Smith and and their starting corners, and, and, you know, he was giving them an awfully tough time, and players, you know, on their defense were shaking their heads. I mean, they thought they really found something there with Boykin, and, and then it got to the, the regular season, and it just looked like the game was moving too fast. And he got behind a little, started fighting confidence, and, and, you know, his 40 time and all that will tell you he's a fast guy, but he just wasn't playing up to that. You know, he wasn't showing the game speed because he was thinking so much. And I, I think, so I think this is going to be on Boykin. Um, you know, it's going to be on Boykin to be more comfortable and to show more confidence He's apparently worked really hard this offseason. He bought himself a jugs machine. Um, You know, he knows there's a lot of focus on him. The Ravens really didn't go out and and add that veteran outside receiver that I think most people thought they would to compliment Marquise Brown. You know, they did draft two, but, uh, you know, DuVernay and Proche probably will work in the slot more. So uh, that that other outside receiver spot is Boykins. So he's going to need to seize seize it. They're impressed by the work he's done in the off season and getting even stronger. And you know he's talked about getting you know getting a better grip of the playbook anymore, but. Uh, he's going to be a guy that we're going to have to see it, you know, once the regular season rolls around. Because again, all last off season, he opened eyes pretty much every other practice. He was making plays that were like, wow. So uh, again, it's going to come to hit for him to carry that into the regular season, into the actual game. All
0: right, let's talk about this running back pairing that we have, Mark Ingram, of course. An excellent season in year one with the Ravens. 202 carries, a little bit more than 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. He caught 26 of 29 targets, got the end zone five times as a receiver, 247 yards. But we know the team made the investment in J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. We also know Lamar Jackson's going to run it more than any other quarterback in the league. Can Mark Ingram realistically expect another 200 carries, 30 targets this season?
1: Yeah, we, you know, that's an interesting question because we talked to Greg Roman earlier today and he was all smiles and talking about what a great problem it is to have to have four really good backs. And, and But we also know Greg Roman likes to utilize uh, his backs. Uh, so they're of no problem rotating. And, you know, it would not surprise me if, if Ingram's carries are down a little bit. Um, you know, keep in mind last year, you know, you look at his, you know, his number of touches and, you know there were a lot of fourth quarters where he didn't even play because they were blowing teams out, and he definitely didn't play in Week Seventeen because he had the you know the the, the injury that kind of hampered him in the playoff game too. So um, he's a hard guy to predict, but I, I think. I think they'll try to keep him fresh for a little later in the season. Uh, they're going to want to get Dobbins involved. Uh, Gus Edwards has been nothing but productive. I mean, he's not a guy that jumps out at you, but, you know, averaging over five yards a carry in both the seasons. And, and Justice Hill is a guy they still like and, and, and is a little. Uh, Uh, more elusive and and quicker than the other guys they have. So he's kind of another, he gives you a different look. So, um, you know, I would bet the under uh, on Ingram's carries compared to last year. Um, But he's their guy right now. Um, We'll have to see what Dobbins, how Dobbins looks when he gets on the field. But um, they just have, you know, enough quality backs where you have to think each guy is probably going to have to take kind of a reduced workload than, than what they'd really like. In this
0: day and age, anytime a a team uses a first or second round pick on a running back, it's definitely going to catch our eye in the fantasy world, even more so when it is this team using a pick like that, when it doesn't necessarily seem like a need and they do it on a player with the talent level of J.K. Dobbins. What do you think we can expect from him realistically as a rookie?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people said, you know, I don't think the Ravens were targeting Dobbins at all. I think they would have been perfectly fine coming back with, you know, uh, Ingram, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and, and maybe a later round rookie uh, as their top four. But a, a guy like that's available. The Ravens are, uh, you know, take best player available type team. And, and you talk to team officials and they were just stunned that he was still there for them. Uh, I think they kind of misread the board on him and thought he, he would be gone a, a good bit earlier. But when he was there, you know, it just made perfect sense just for the present and the future. For the present, you know, I, I'd like to see him get on the field. It's always tough, as I'm sure you guys are navigating the same challenges, uh, to project the rookies when we haven't even seen these guys in rookie minicamp, OTAs, or anything. But, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that, the, you know, that is going to get a lot more work later in the season as he is early, I think, gradually uh you know they'll work him in more and more um you know and depending on how things go I mean I don't think they're opposed to uh, giving him a 50-50 uh workload with with Ingram if if that's what uh, you know he shows he deserves and he's the most effective guy but it's just a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield um you know and uh yeah, that's why it's probably going to cut into all their workloads but i think by the you know he's could be a guy that later in the season pays big time fantasy dividends for you know for different people but it's gonna it's gonna take a little while for that crowded backfield to work itself out
0: all right that's the baltimore ravens another team with exciting fantasy pieces all across the offense and that is our ravens beat writer jeff zribik jeff thanks again for joining me today Oh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Uh, you can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Zrebek, That's Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. And that will do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can get a free 30-day trial at theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Jeff Zrebic, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 we will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.